You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Good morning and welcome to the Vineyard Community Church at Mount Comfort Incorporated. (laughs) It's good to see you today. Well, last week I got a lot of feedback from the message. Thank you. Everybody has learned to use their leaf blower to remove the snow off their driveway. So I'm glad to hear that. She teaches me usually what I say in passing has more impact than what I try to say intentionally. So I'm gonna share something else in passing today and hopefully you'll, you'll get it. Um, we just finished How Is Your Soul? And it was a, a wonderful time for Chuck and I to preach through this. And for I hope you've, you went through it. If you haven't, make sure you, you keep this handy. And if you didn't get a copy of this, let us know. We wanna make sure you get a copy because it's got places to journal as, as you go through these things. And uh, it's, it's always interesting because the, the Lord took me back already to the, to the one on fear. Anybody wrestling with any fears today? If you've got something that you're afraid of, man, this is the time to just invite this little tool into your life and let the Holy Spirit use it to bring the Lordship of Jesus over everything that you're afraid of. Now, <clears throat> I know that I'm fairly transparent with you guys, so you're gonna learn something else about me that some of you don't know. I have a fear of needles. I don't like needles at all. Uh, you tell me that I've got a draw, a blood draw, or I've got uh, a shot that I got to get, like a COVID-19 shot that my wife signed me up for <laughs> and took me to and set me down in the chair. Yeah. Now, when I was like four years old, we had so many earaches in, in, between me and my sisters. We just kind of shared ear infections. And so anytime we went to the family doctor, Dr. Stuckey, we nicknamed him Needles. <laughs> because anytime we went to Dr. Stuckey, he stuck us with a penicillin shot. And so we, we always went there. And, and I, I, so if I knew I was going to the doctor's office, I just could not stand it. it was a sidebar. You know how they put the little rubbing alcohol over before they give you the shot? The rubbing alcohol would trigger me. So much so if my wife and I would go to the Olive Garden and they would say, would you like a sample of today's wine or this week's wine that we're featuring? And they put it in the glass and I'm thinking, okay, I'm not a free Methodist anymore. I can drink this and not be struck dead by God. So I'm, I get it, but I get it to my nose and I get triggered because I smell the alcohol and it reminds me of the rubbing alcohol. And I have this association that I'm about to experience something very, very unpleasant. And I put the cup down, not on religious conscience, but on psychological trauma. And so I, I, I put it down. So, you know, in, in this, what we've been sharing is that when, when, when you realize the first thing that we did, especially on the, the one on fear, was we named what the fear was, okay? So if you've got a fear, get out your paper, write down, what is your fear? 
Then we face it. Yeah, I, I face it. You know, the best time I like to face my fear is right after I'm done with the shot. And I am such a man. I am the alpha male. I just sit there and say, that was nothing. That didn't hurt. And I get on my, my big boy pants and I feel like I've really, really done something. And it's like, whoa, face your fear. But here's the thing that I think we miss. The next is that we share what our fears are with others. Now this isn't, you know, we go around and say, I am afraid of this, I'm afraid of this. But, but when you wanna get free, and so we're having staff meeting on Wednesday and I share with them my anxiety about going to get a shot. Because Debbie scheduled it like, what, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I started having trouble sleeping because I know a shot's coming. My stomach isn't feeling good because I know a shot's coming. I don't like this. Before when I'd have to get a blood draw, like a month before the date of the blood draw, I'd start losing sleep. Now this is not rational. This is called a phobia. It's a phobia that's, that's founded in trauma that no one's ever counseled me and helped me go down to that part in my heart where trauma is and, and get free of it. But here's, here's the genius of, of this series. As I shared with them what was going to happen the next day, without me soliciting anything, there was a courageous prayer that rose up from within them. And they started praying for me. I think everybody prayed for me. And, and Chuck, as he prayed, he released peace into that place in my heart where that fear was, that phobia, that irrational fear. And the Lord came. It was just that simple. And I thought, this is amazing. I gotta tell everybody about this, this coming Sunday that the secret sometimes to us getting free from something is that we have to share it with another and then receive the collected together walk in our journey as others share and pray and all of a sudden we get healed. I slept like a baby Wednesday night. I got up, had a wonderful time with the Lord. I could tell that the enemy was gonna to try to snatch what the Lord had done on Wednesday, but I wasn't gonna let him do that, not on my watch. We went to the health department, sat our little fannies in the chair, and got our shots. Totally uneventful. Testimony, share with someone else what's going on. Because as long as our fears are just our fears and they're silent and they're, not, and they're not represented to others, the enemy can work on that. But when we share it with someone who loves us and cares for us and who knows the Lord, then they are in a position to come in agreement and to pray and you can receive what it is that the Lord has for you. Okay, that's my snowblower story for this week. Now for the sermon. Philippians chapter two. 
We're looking at the first two verses today. Start off with the New Living Translation, then go to the Passion. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by one, agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, two, loving one another, and three, working together with one mind and purpose. This is how you make the Apostle Paul happy. You do these three things. You agree wholeheartedly with each other, you love one another, and you work together with one mind and one purpose. Now, mind you, I think the Apostle Paul is speaking from the heart of a father. And I think it's representative of the heart of the father. And I think these are the things that make our Father in heaven very, very happy as well. Listen to it in the Passion. Look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the Anointed One. You are filled to overflowing with his comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt his tender affection and mercy. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you, one, be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Two, walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Father, we just ask that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit saying to the church in Jesus' name. Amen. Relationship, relationship, relationship. Relationship, relationship, relationship. You got to realize everything in the kingdom is about relationship. And so here Paul is opening chapter 2, and he's just having his, his Philippian audience reflect on what is their relationship with the Anointed One, the Christ. What is their relationship with the Holy Spirit? And so that's the first place he goes as he's going to encourage them to move on in unity. With the anointed one, what do you know? Well, in the New Living Translation, it says, you belong. You belong with, with the anointed one, with the Christ. You belong. You know, so sometimes we get nervous about letting people belong if they don't agree, if they don't see things my way. But in the kingdom, the very first thing is inclusion. The heart of a father is that he wants many sons and daughters, and so he wants us to know that we belong to him. And there's something in the identity of knowing that we belong to him that keeps us from striving to try to be good enough to be accepted by him. When we truly understand that we belong somewhere, then we can just live in relationship and we'll figure out all the bolts and nuts and all the specifics once we know that we belong. 
I believe the Father's wanting to say, oh, my beloved on Valentine's Day, be mine. I think that was my favorite Valentine little heart candy after I experienced the Lord in a significant way is understanding he's asking us, will we be his? Because he's already made us, he's created us, and he gives us an invitation to say, yeah, I'll be yours. Mm-hmm. I want to be yours. I want to belong to you. So important. And then we find that we're filled with overflowing of his comforting love. His love just continues to flow and to flow and flow. I've already used the whipped cream illustration just a couple weeks ago, and I've used it in almost every counseling appointment for the last two weeks. So I'm tired of the whipped cream illustration, but it still communicates to my heart that he wants to just cause us to know the overflow of the comfort of his love. Because as you experience his love, it's, it's really more than comfort. As his love comes upon you, so does his peace. His presence, his wraparound presence, as Gloria put it this morning, as, as that comes upon you, you've got everything that he's got because you're in him and he's in you. So I love that. Then second relationship, experiencing the deep friendship with the Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. I want to encourage us today that whatever level of relationship we have with the Holy Spirit right now, let's go deeper. Let's not be satisfied with what we've known and what we've experienced. Because I've seen that so many times, you know. People, yeah, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I spoke in tongues. Shala. That's all I've got, but I have shala. And they haven't gone any deeper in the Spirit. They haven't understood the deep, deep friendship of the Holy Spirit. It's not how many words you speak in tongues, but it's about the dynamic of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. For so long, I treated the Holy Spirit as an experience because in my holiness denomination, you had to have that second work of grace or you really didn't belong. There's more than just the second work of grace. There's the third work of grace. There's grace to the nth degree. And when you think of grace, you can't really hardly think of grace without thinking of the Holy Spirit because he is the agent of grace. He is is the one that releases grace from heaven to earth. He is the one that wants to be for you everything that you need in the realm. And to be that, you need grace. So deepen Deepen your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Let it go all the way down to the core. Don't don't say, "Uh, yeah, back when Tim was here or Buddy was here, you know, I went forward in the service and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Relationship, not experience, a one-time experience, a continuation of encounters with the Holy Spirit. I'm 67. I feel like a kid in a candy store. There is so much more to know of the things of God via the Holy Spirit. 
but I want a relationship. I want a personal relationship with him so that he can show me everything that I need to see. You know, I've, I've known about my fear of needles from four years old on. I, I know about the trauma and I know about what happens as some deadline with fate that is going to be instant death that lasts for a millisecond and then I'm resurrected to life. But I didn't know how to appropriate his peace in that area. We need the Holy Spirit and our relationship with the Holy Spirit. His tender affection and mercy. That's one of the things I love about the Holy Spirit. He's a lover. You, you think of the Father and you think of a Father's love and you think of the Lord Jesus and you think of the love of a bridegroom. You, you think of the relationship as friends with the Holy Spirit and there's, a, there's an affection that he has for you. And if, you, if you've ever been around me for very long, you know that one of the things I major on is going to bed and falling asleep and to realize that your sleep is a time of unhindered spirit ministering to spirit, inviting God to do whatever he wants to do that I might resist if I was conscious. But I'm not conscious. This will work, Ray Joe, I guarantee you. As I'm not conscious... Come on, Lord, and do what you want to do that I would resist you if I was awake. And, and, you know, I always teach everybody to pray that prayer before they go to bed and then put your head on the pillow and just picture Father God putting the blanket of his affection over you. Well, the affection and the mercy of the Holy Spirit is much like Father's blanket. And that's the wraparound nature of his presence because with it comes the comfort and the warmth and just the peace of knowing that you're secure in his love. So I wanna encourage you with that. Continue to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Look at his affection, look at his mercy. Oh. And then Paul makes a request. Here's his request. That you be joined together in perfect unity. Perfect unity? We can't get the Republicans and Democrats together. How in the world do we get perfect unity? Well, I don't think it's that we all believe the same thing politically. We all just don't cheer for Ohio State or IU or Purdue or Notre Dame. But it's our relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that unites us together. And as we continue our wholehearted love for God, then there's a sense in which we come together in unison. Because as we each pursue the Lord, the closer we get to him, regardless of what theological stream we're coming from, as we get closer to him, we find that we're closer to one another. And that's where we see the unity, the perfect unity, and it's manifested with one heart. And I could go on for days about the heart because, you know, that's my, that's my topic. That's where the Lord just really causes me to focus because we've got so much junk in our hearts 
that it's impossible to love God with all our heart because of all the junk that we have inside our heart. So it's about let's get rid of all the junk so that we can love him. Increase our capacity for his love to fill our hearts. One heart, one passion. That's where we're looking at the same glorious bridegroom together. He has won our hearts. He's captured our hearts. If you want to get a, 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 just an incredible understanding of the affection and love and the passion that we have for Christ, check the Passion Translation on the Song of Songs. Get that. He's got an accompanying book, uh, The Divine Romance or something like that, and it's just amazing as you start seeing it. You'll see that in ways that you've never seen it. It will move your heart for greater affection and to receive greater affection from the Lord himself. And united in one love. I think that's when we keep the main thing the main thing. We've got to learn how to keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing. Easy for me to say. Thank you, my love. So we, we need to learn that. You gotta keep first things first if you're ever, ever gonna have any hope of getting to second and third and fourth things. If first thing's not first, you'll never get to second and third and fourth. But as you keep your relationship with the Lord first, and that fellowship with the Holy Spirit, friendship continues to deepen, then you'll find huh, that we can get to other things because it will flow from his heart. Secondly, he says, walk together with one harmonious purpose. The purpose to see the king exalted. The purpose of seeing heaven come to earth. The purpose of seeing Jesus truly get his reward for all that he endured and suffered for his lordship for his place at the ascension, ascended to the right hand of the Father, become fully in the focus so that we don't worship the baby in the manger, we worship the one who stands at the side, the right hand of Father God. Yeah. Hmm. And the result of all of that, I believe God's heart will be filled with joy. And every father, every relationship that we have as we see one another moving more and more into that realm, the more our joy will abound because of the oneness. Doesn't matter all the, the little minutia, it matters what's the main focus, what's the main object of your affection. Where is your love? So as I was looking at this, I, I was just taken with 1 Corinthians 13, with just the first sentence of verse eight, love never fails. It never fails. Wow. Where there are prophecies, they'll cease. Where there's tongues, they'll be stilled. Where there's knowledge, it will pass away. But love never fails. Love never fails. 
And then my favorite whipped cream passage. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purifies themselves just as he is pure. Now, there's several sermons right there in that passage. But he's lavished his love upon us. We belong to him. He wants to encourage us with the realities that we've known at some point in our memory, in our history with him. And he wants to remind us and then invite us an extended invitation to go deeper in an intimate knowledge of him. He's uniting us in love and purpose. He wants oneness to manifest in his body, the, Christ, the, the church. The body of Christ needs to be one in every way, in their purpose and in their love. And the result is love. Love becomes the foundation of our lives because we see that we're together, walking one step at a time. I just had a little exhortation of the Holy Spirit that said, return to your first love. And I thought, well, I think I love you more than I did. And I heard him again, return to your first love. Sometimes there's the dynamics of our early, early reception of his love that we start taking for granted and we get so familiar with. Whatever that translates to you as, as the worship team leads us in our last song, let's see what the Holy Spirit wants us to return in returning to our first love. God bless you. Let's stand. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.